This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Hello and thanks for downloading today's podcast. I'm Jamie Long. It's Wednesday the 24th of August. And first today, families have rushed to get out of the water at a Kent beach after apparently spotting a shark. Our reporter Ishmael Kawaja joins me with the details. What do we know? Well, swimmers reported seeing a fin in the sea at the Warren near Folkestone, close to where children were playing. Witness Emma Horn told The Sun there were two young boys who spotted it and were clearly scared. She said they ran away and one of them shouted, is that a shark? She said she warned people and a woman quickly caught her dog out of the sea. She was worried too. And do we have any more info on what it actually was then? Well, experts say it's thought the mystery fish could well have been a basking shark. They can weigh more than 5,000 kilograms, but are thought to be pretty much harmless to humans. It won't be the first time a shark's been seen on the Kent coast either. Back in 2018, a seven-foot basking shark washed up on Deal. The sighting hasn't been officially confirmed to actually be a shark, but something clearly startled those at the Warren. Ishmael, thank you. Next, residents in parts of Medway say overgrown trees are causing such a problem they can't hang their washing out. People living on Layfield Road in Gillingham say branches are blocking out light. The council say they're trying to get permission to cut some of the lower branches down. Eurostar's decision not to stop in Kent for another two or three years has been described as a huge blow for businesses and the county's economy. Services at Ebbsfleet and Ashford international stations have been suspended since the first Covid lockdown. The company now says they won't review it until 2024. Joe James is from the Kent Invicta Chamber of Commerce. Initially, it was only to be expected that Eurostar would temporarily stop services from Kent. I mean, like all businesses within the travel sector, they've been greatly impacted by the pandemic and they've had to make some really difficult commercial decisions. But that said, it is extremely disappointing that a decision on if and when the services will be restored won't be made until 2024, much later than originally said. And this is a real blow for businesses and for the Kent economy generally. Um, You know, we are very much an international county, particularly when you look at Ashford, where business growth over recent years has been built around the town's international connectivity. But also a lot of investment has gone into Ashford Station to secure the international services via Eurostar. And it's just unthinkable that this investment could be in vain. I mean, the Chamber, along with others, are going to continue lobbying and and also working with Eurostar to ensure that the service is resumed as soon as it's financially viable to do so. It is just unthinkable that we won't have international services running from Kent. Elsewhere, Eurotunnel has apologised to passengers who were left trapped underground for almost five hours. A train from France to Folkestone broke down yesterday afternoon. After a long wait, passengers eventually had to walk into a service tunnel and get on a cargo train. 
Two teenage boys have been charged with murder after a man was stabbed to death in Tunbridge. 20-year-old Thomas War is said to have been attacked in Avebury Avenue in the early hours of last Friday. The 16- and 17-year-old suspects are due in court, while a 16-year-old girl and a woman aged 47 who's also been arrested have been released on bail. Kent Online News. Next, a protest has been held in Medway against the government's plans to shut down railway ticket offices. Nearly 1,000 are set to close across the country in October. It means customers will have to use ticket machines or buy online instead. A reporter, Cara, spoke to Ivor Riddle from the RMT union. She asked him why he organised the protest. Well, because they want to shut our booking offices down and they want to start doing it in October. Mm-hmm. So we need, to, we need to start the fight back now. We can't wait. As soon as those 45-day consultation notices go out, then it's pretty much all over because they're not, they're not going to withdraw them. They'll say they've consulted, but what they're actually doing is saying, well, this is what we're doing and we're going to shut them down. And how, and how much of an impact do you think this will have on you know, residents and people that get the train every day? It's a huge impact. So you've got your general travelling public who, who want to get the best value fares uh, for the appropriate journey. You can't get that from a machine. A machine would just give you what you ask for, nothing more. Whereas a booking office clerk will look at you and say, oh, I see you've got a couple of kids. If you get a family rail card, you get a third off. Or did you know the kids go for a quid? So during the, during the breaks and that, the kids can travel for, for a pound each. You won't get that from a machine. It will just give you a half-price ticket or a full-price ticket for whatever you ask for. Then you've got the, the disabled, the vulnerable, uh, you've got um, people who speak a different language, uh, quite often you get holiday makers coming over, and they, they don't understand the system, but it's deliberately opaque so that they can charge more for the fares. And it, even I struggle to understand it as a conductor, so you know, it's, uh, I don't dread to think what it's like for, for travelling passengers. So you need somebody there with experience and training who can actually assess what you need and give you the best value for the most appropriate journey travelled. Well, the Department for Transport says the plans were put forward with the majority of ticket sales now made online. Elsewhere, at least 20 people have been arrested in Kent and Surrey after protests at service stations on the M25. Campaigners from Just Stop Oil damaged petrol pumps at Clackett Lane and Cobham this morning. They're calling for more action from the government to reduce our reliance on fossil fuels. Next, a hosepipe ban has come into force for more Kent residents today. Thames Water cover areas around Dartford and Sevenoaks and are working to save supplies. Andrew Tuckett is is their water demand reduction manager. We've had uh, one of the driest years on record. 11 of the past 12 months have been below average rainfall, which means that all of our water is local. That goes to homes and businesses, but we we haven't had that refilling. So the rivers are are, are very, very dry. The ground has never been drier and our reservoir levels are dropping very, very quickly. Whilst that's going on, we've had record temperatures. So um, record temperatures through the country, record temperatures in Europe, uh, who, who are actually going through the worst drought they've ever recorded at the same time. Um, And when those record high temperatures happen, people use more water. So we're using more water than we would like to see. um, And we've got nothing going back into the system. So that equation doesn't balance out. One of the reasons that a host pipe ban comes in is to stop the use of water in the garden, which is additional to the normal use inside a house. In temperatures of about 25 degrees and up, which is what we're experiencing at the moment, and we've had it for several months, um, is that the, the water use in the households with outside space, with gardens, is 17 to 50% more than normal. 
And that's the water that we need to sort of bring down as well as asking people just to use water carefully inside the house in their daily routine. We don't know when it's going to end. We're reliant on Mother Nature to provide a great deal of rain to fill up a dry ground and a dry river area. Uh, so we don't yet have a, an end date on this at all. And at the moment, there's no meaningful rainfall um, that's actually being forecast at the moment. We're not wanting to act as police. We are asking people to do that right thing. So there are, there are rules. It comes under a, a Water Industry Act, an act of parliament to do this process. All water companies have a drought plan. We're following that process. So we're doing a lot of things on our side, like leak fixing, moving water around, storing as much as we possibly can. But at the same time, we're asking homes and businesses to play their role. And a hose pipe ban is one of the enforcement things, enforcement options that come in to manage that water and stretch the available reserves for longer. Our leakage is not where we want it to be. We have tw over 20,000 miles of clean water pipe. It's buried under every road and every pavement and every leak fix that we do requires a major civil engineering project. Um, we've, we fixed over 60,000 leaks last year. We're fixing more than 1,100 a week. We're attacking it um, with, with a great deal of gusto. It's a long-term thing that we've got to do uh, and we're going to continue doing that. We have to keep doing that thing. We're investing three to, you know, three and a half times as much into infrastructure improvement as was done 20 years ago uh, when you normalize it in today's money. So there's a huge effort going in there, but the here and the now is that we're not getting the rain that we need and we're asking people to play their part as at the same time we play our part. This podcast is sponsored by by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A family from Herne Bay have revealed how they'd been forced to keep their loved one in a bedroom for six hours after he died due to an ambulance delay. Elaine Leake's brother-in-law passed away at his home in the Grove on Saturday. She says a call handler told her to open the windows and curtains because he'd been there a long time. She's described the way he was treated as undignified. A spokesman for CCAMS told us they'll look into what happened. Now, there are still concerns a lake in Gravesend is still contaminated despite reassurances from the council. It's still to sewage hatch near the Riverside Leisure Area exploded back in April after some flash flooding. Residents say the water still looks disgusting, but Gravesham Council says water tests have been carried out and it is safe. Kent Online News. Kent MP Tom Tugendhat is visiting Ukraine six months after the Russian invasion began. They're also marking 31 years of independence from the Soviet Union. But celebrations are banned in the capital city as it's feared they could be targeted with attacks. The Tunbridge Morning Rep has posted a video on Twitter. I'm here in Rechatek in Kiev on the main street and you can see this ghost of a parade. These bombed out, these shelled out tanks that are here really to remind people of what was being threatened on the 24th of February. Now that's only six months ago. It was an extraordinary moment when this whole community, this whole country rose up to resist an act of aggression, the like of which we haven't seen since the end of the Second World War. Now I'm here because the Foreign Affairs Committee has a responsibility to oversee foreign policy for the United Kingdom and to check on the work of the Foreign Office. And what we're seeing here is an extraordinary commitment by the British people, not just in defence of liberty here in Ukraine, but actually in defense of liberty at home. Because what we're doing here, what we're supporting here, is the front line of freedom. 
There are plans to develop parts of Folkestone, but it could mean a Kent bus station could be closed. The site would be turned into a green public square if £22 million is secured for the town centre. It's part of the government's levelling up scheme. A couple from Tunbridge have received a High Sheriff Bravery Award. A reporter, Lynn, spoke to Catherine Jordan and Roger Trask and asked them why they're getting it. We helped save the lady. Um, and, and that was in a, in a quite a, uh, an attempted murder situation, it, wasn't it? It was, yes, in Tunbridge, yes, uh, three years ago. And does it? Do, do you look back now and think, oh, God. Did I do that? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. What do you think about that? Yes, um, I think we did a good, you know, we did well. And um, I think if it happened again, we would do it again. Yeah. We would do it again. And was it afterwards that you just think about the, you know, what had happened? Or it was just instincts, like the judge said, it was an extinct reaction it from was, yourselves, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and I didn't have any sort of after effects at all, no, really. We didn't, no, no, no. Because we were together, we could <clears> talk about it. It was someone we could talk in the evenings yeah. about it. And, um, and we got through it that way, you know, it, it's... Um, yeah. We carried on with our day-to-day lives. It was um, okay. Yes, because it must have been really a horrific scene, mustn't it? It but was. Yes. Just, yes. But are you yeah. are you pleased today that you've come back to the court? How yeah. does that feel? Yes, yeah. it, it feels good, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. And uh, see the judge and um, get our award, which is lovely. Yeah. Yes. And he said some marvelous words. Didn't he, did. He? he did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Kent Online Sports. Crickets and Kents have made it into the quarterfinal of the One Day Cup. They beat Lancashire in a dramatic game at Canterbury yesterday. Results elsewhere also went their way. The Spitfires finished third in Group B to set up a trip to Leicestershire on Friday. And in football, Gillingham fans have been celebrating after they got through to the third round of the Carabao Cup. They beat Exeter City on penalties after the game at Priestfield finished 0-0 at full time. We caught up with the Jules boss, Neil Harris, after the game. I think the most important thing is, is cup football. You just have to get through. So whether we won in open play or penalties is a little bit irrelevant to me. We got through, that's the most important thing. But the game itself, I thought was excellent. I thought it was really good. We limited again a, a, a team in the league above that, that did really well in, this division, in our division last year. To next to nothing, uh, with really good discipline, shape, some real aggression to our play at the right times. And then with the ball, I thought, final third we created chances and, and probably the most we created this year in open play and, and, and that's a travesty really we haven't won the game in 90 minutes I mean, the fact that I made six changes to the starting 11 and culminating is getting a clean sheet still and and, and, and also we, we look creative uh, we had energy in the team up top in, in Lewis and Cash um, and then we got some good minutes into someone like Alex McDonald as well which is a positive so I thought Dave Latunda was excellent at left wing back um, I, I just thought it, was, I thought it was a strong performance I thought we set our stall out early I thought we played in the right areas um, again I think that the shape was reliable um, and there's so many games this year have said you know, we haven't scored a goal but how good we've been creating chances it, goals will come I know that you know, so as much as I want them now then whilst we're playing better and getting in the right areas, we'll keep creating chances and then goals will definitely come. We played well again um, and you know, to create the chances we did, we just that, that end product. Once we get one, we'll go get two, three or four in a single game and then hopefully the floodgates open for us to score regularly. Um, but now the, uh, the fans enjoyed it again. Um, the most important things were in the draw tomorrow night and that's, that's, you know, that's what couple about, isn't it? We just want to be at home. You know, we really, really don't mind. You know, it's a competition when you know everyone's a little secret. We ain't going to win. <laughs> Not going to win the competition, I don't think. So, being be at home, you know, is the priority. So we haven't got to travel. Um, and I don't 
to be honest, to November time. So, uh, you know, we've got a while, but, you know, we don't want to travel anywhere uh, midweek, so we want to be here. And, and I ideally have, a, have a, a team that, two options. One is the team that we can, we can compete with a beat, or we've got, you know, a big team, and, you know, the boys get to enjoy the night, and the fans get to see, uh, uh, see you know, uh, world-class players. They're now preparing for the long trip up to Carlisle United for their next League 2 match on Saturday. Well, that's all for today's podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to keep up to date with all the latest news from Kent by following us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Plus, you can also subscribe to the ad-free premium version of Kent Online. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.